0: Hello again Broncos country and welcome to the post 2020 draft edition of the Orange Weekly podcast. Thank you all so much for listening in and if you haven't yet please take a couple of seconds to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any awesome Broncos discussions here. While you're at it don't forget to go onto our Twitter page Facebook and Instagram and give those a follow as well as we have a lot of new and exciting things coming this year in year five for us here at Orange Weekly. On this episode, David, Matt, and myself break down the 2020 Broncos draft picks, where we think they're going to play a role on this team, and what their ceiling is. We also discuss the other AFC West teams and what the competition looks like after this draft. And at the very end, we have a very fun scenario involving Aaron Rodgers. So stick around to the end of the episode to hear that. Well, without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Broncos. Okay, well, welcome, and thank you, guys, so much for joining us on another special edition of the Orange Weekly podcast. On this episode, I got both Matt and David, two of the smarter Orange Thanks. Weekly, <laughs> two of the smarter Orange Weekly staff members here, uh, and then of course myself, who I, I, I'm not going to say where I am on that totem pole. Uh, you have gonna, a lot, of charisma, about, Jared, heard a lot of charisma, Jerry. A lot of charisma. On The totem pole. I'm funny. Uh, (laughs) Well. (laughs) So we have a lot to talk about. Hey, look, the draft, we just had the draft last week. And you know what? The reason I wanted to wait a week to find out uh, and to talk about this with you guys is because a lot of info has come out over the last week on, on why we did certain things. Uh, where we went with our draft picks. You know, the initial reaction is usually an overreaction. We had a little bit of time to sleep off some of our anger issues, uh, mine specifically. I was gonna um, say you were the angriest. Yeah. So I was so up little, by far. We had we had a little bit of time to think about it and, and a little bit of time to look at some of the, the tape of some of the uh you know later rounds that w- we didn't really know a lot about because everyone was so focused on the first round, including us. So let's go ahead and, and start right off the bat. Let's give an overall grade. would you guys think that Denver Broncos did as an overall grade in this draft class?
1: I'd give it a solid B+. Plus. Simply because we I think we got, you know, the best receiver in the draft and K.J. Hamler and Lloyd Cushenberry. Like, three starters. And then Michael Ojemudia. Like, Fangio's a great cornerback coach. He's going to be a starter as well, probably. Or at least a rotational guy. Probably play nickel at first. And just those four guys up front... I'm really happy with this draft. This is a good job by Elway.
2: Well, you made it a little easier for me, Matt, because I was gonna go either B minus or I'm sorry, B plus or A minus. And then you chose B can you, plus, so can let's you not. Can you, can you just mean, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one, Jared. Thank you. God, and the one I picked was a minus, and so, <laughs> you know, for the same reasons, you added a lot of weapons in this draft. Uh, Judy Hamler, Cushenberry. Um, we're gonna get into my crush on Mctell a game very, very shortly, I think. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really solid draft. Addressed a lot of need at a lot of positions you know didn't get the tackle everybody was kind of hoping for but outside of that i think you got literally everything you could ask for from this draft
0: yeah and honestly like this draft ended up being it ranks nationally across multiple different different you know cbs espn they all ranked us really high on our draft class and and i think where it really came down to was starting at pick 15 with jerry mm. judy falling to us at 15 and and that's not even like a, obviously we we had a need for receiver that very deep receiver class but the fact that jerry judy the the overall number one receiver for most people in this draft class fell to number 15 is absolutely unreal so it wasn't that we picked up a receiver for as a need we picked up the best player available at that point am i wrong oh yeah oh and filled the need
2: yeah absolutely 100 best player available was on the board was jerry judy
0: it's
1: something to say man when you just sit at your spot you don't trade up and your guy comes to you that's hard to hard to do i mean like it rarely happens right and the fact that it did fantastic i'm honestly more not more excited but given that we got kj hamler in the second round too that is fantastic because in that division like it or not you have to keep up with the chiefs and you need a player who can be a home home run hitter who can go out and just catch the deep ball and score in you know four or five seconds right and kj hamler is that player he fills that gap and he allows for the broncos to at least have that deep ball threat keep the safeties honest and, and the ability to score at any second. So I, honestly, Judy and Hamler and then Sutton, phew, boys, great receiving core and Fant.
2: So I, I really think this was an interesting draft too, where you saw players, a lot of players fall to teams. Um, you know, the, the Buccaneers had to trade up one pick for Tristan Wirfs, but True. the 49ers were going to pick Kinlaw there anyway, which is the, right, the right. guy that they had been kind of broadcast mm-hmm. to the entire time. So, it's kind of, you know, there was a lot of teams that not, unfortunately, the Falcons. Matt, I'm sorry that the draft didn't fall quite the way you wanted, I don't think, in the yeah. first round. Uh, but well, I don't know. I mean,
1: this is not a football uh, Falcons, sorry, um, uh, podcast. Like, I got worked on that during the live show. But, you know, nonetheless, it was between yeah. AJ Terrell and CeeDee Lamb. I mean, I, I would have loved CeeDee Lamb, and Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and CD Lamb. I... You know, I've been a full mast for like the entire season, but unfortunately it's, you know, it didn't, they, they picked the cornerback, but AJ Terrell's pretty good. I'm not pretty disappointed, but
2: okay. Back can we just Broncos. all
0: agree that we're happy that we're not the Green Bay Packers right now? Oh my God. I, <laughs> like I even, like it sounded so fun and innocent when we
2: were all predicting it the week before. Oh yeah, yeah, the Packers will pick a quarterback. Ooh, look out for Jordan Love. It's all fun and games. And now like the world in Green Bay might be ending.
1: But think no no think about it think guys guys think about this they had Favre they drafted Aaron Rodgers like twenty sixth overall twenty fifth overall fifteen years ago and now they draft Jordan Love twenty sixth overall when uh, Rodgers is older than Favre was and we act like we're surprised no this is what they do they might go through three quarterbacks in like forty years yeah like think about it that's remarkable right yes it's maybe not like the great draft class, but like they're drafting for the future. This is going to be right. Matt LaFleur's guy. You know what I mean? Like here's the next quarter for, quarterback better or for worse. 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, think about legacy here. Favre
0: to Rodgers to Love. Yeah, but that's Matt, Matt LaFleur nice. is not Mike McCarthy. And
1: how do we know, man? Mike McCarthy had a great start and crash. Matt LaFleur went to the NFC championship game. First year as a head coach. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive.
2: Why don't we... Shouldn't we recenter a little bit on the team that we right, follow? Yeah, we focus. The, let's uh, focus back on oh, our Because yeah. I, I knew we were
0: here for a reason.
2: Good I could work. talk about right. how crappy the Packers draft was all night. So let's.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So no, Matt. Matt, you bring up a good weekly. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point, Matt. Uh, we were talking about a lot of people thought Henry Ruggs was going to fall to us, and that was going to be our speedster, right? He he ran the fastest yeah. six, uh, fastest forty at the at the combine. Everyone was expecting him to be our speedster, uh, and he's still in the AFC West, right? He's he's over to Oakland. Oakland thought the exact. Vegas thought the exact same thing. <laughs> that's that, going to be tough. That's uh, <laughs>
2: going to be a tough one. I'm just getting used to Los Angeles. i right. Them in Vegas San Diego.
0: Um. So oh, so geez. the Vegas Raiders they thought the same thing. They need that speedster because in the AFC West, that's how you're going to keep up keep up with the Joneses, right? That's how you keep up with Kansas City. Um. Yeah. And and we got somebody in the in the second round who didn't get to run the 40 at the combine because of an injury. And nobody really knew what his speed was. Even most of, you know, Bronco's Twitter was on there like, who is this guy and why are we picking up two wide receivers back-to-back? Like, this is absolutely ridiculous until you start looking at his tape and realize he is so fucking fast.
1: Dude, he's insane. He's Tyreek Hill speed. Like, he is a burner.
2: And he has moves. It's not yeah. just straight line speed. Yeah. He knows how to run go routes. It's not he a can.
1: Darius Hayward Bay.
2: He's you know and I mean? strong. No, no absolutely. Yeah. He's strong. Tacklers he, – I mean, he's not big. He's what? He – Less than five foot ten, I think, but he ba- tacklers bounce off him on the film. It's really interesting to see.
1: No, he was one of my favorite receivers in this draft. I mean, like other than the top three guys, KJ Hammer was really the top of my list in terms of like you know key players in this draft, right? Just because of his right. speed and David, like you said, like his uh, breaking tackle ability. But you're right; he's five well, nine. He's 178. Pounds and he's, uh, yeah, no, he's freaking good, man. Great pickup. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think, I think what I'm looking forward to seeing him is is in that, uh, the old, uh, Sanders role where we used to throw the, uh, wide receiver screens. And I I think that's where he's he's going to do a lot there on top of the speed. He's got the moves. He's got the ability to juke defenders out. And I, and I think that's something that, they're going to take advantage of this season once we start using them. Uh, but but let's talk about this real quick. So so we picked him up in the second round, and and Mims from Baylor was still there, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. he was still available, and everybody was surprised at KJ Hamler jumping up the up the draft boards. But what what did you guys think about that? Like we didn't go with Mims, we went with KJ Hamler instead, it's Mims because Mims is a fast guy too. He is,
1: but he's a not as fast as Hamler, and he's more of a big bodied sort of possession like. He's a great receiver. If he's on the Broncos, it'd be fantastic. But we've already got like Cortland Sutton, who kind of fits that role, right? Who's the number one guy. Jerry Judy is, you know, kind of like the Emmanuel Sanders possession, cover like the middle of the field. You know, he's going to do great. So adding Mims would have been like just another, adding another guy we have on the team. But with Hamler, it just gives you that specialization. You know what I mean? That ability to take the top off.
2: And that's really what was interesting to me was the the way we drafted for levels of this offense. Mm. You've got a guy in Cortland Sutton who can really do all of it. You know, he can do the intermediate routes. He can go deep. He can do the 50-50 balls. He makes them more like 80-20 balls. But you now have a guy in Judy who has that specialty of separation. And now you've got also the speed of K.J. Hamler in there. You can stretch the field with that. And then you've got two running backs at least you know melvin gordon who catches a ton of passes and you know philip Lindsay, who did it a ton in at cu and has all the traits there if he can just put it together at the pro level to you know chew up yardage underneath if that's the way you've got to go and pat Shermer can definitely do something with all of these weapons we haven't even discussed tight end yet and we'll get to that mm. a little bit later on but there is right. an awful lot of offense cooking on a team that has just not had much to talk about.
1: And, like, look at this one. Like, he, he weighs 178 pounds, and he put a 15 reps on the bench yeah. at the combine. So yeah. he put, you know, uh, 225 pounds 15 times, and he weighs mm-hmm. 178. Right. That's a strong,
0: strong man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so now we have we have these two wide receivers, uh, and I, I agree with you. I think it, the more you look at it, the better it is. And, and the other thing with our offense overall is that all of our guys are young. You have Drew Locke in his second year. You have these two guys as rookies, Cortland Sutton in his third year, still on his rookie contract. Philip Lindsay still on his rookie contract. Fant still on his rookie contract. All of these guys are getting Melvin under Gordon's like what twenty six. And Melvin, well, Melvin Gordon, yeah, Melvin Gordon's young. He's basically the only like playmaker on our offense that's not. On his rookie contract. Yeah, and he's on and, a cheap contract. And we contract. have all these guys on this young contract and this defense that's just, you know, last year was I think number 10 in the league. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty intense to see. And, and we're going to have these guys for the next few years as they start coming up on their, their wanting more money, uh, wanting more contracts. But I, I think that's something exciting to look forward to.
2: Yeah, an offensive core. That's so interesting yeah. to have now. Oh, you know, at least potentially, right?
0: Yeah. And and honestly this and you know, this year boom or bust, whether or not we have a, a great year or not, what we can look at is this is a young team. Mm. This is a young Very team much. that's gonna do whatever we do this year is gonna do better next year with the experience that they gain and the more time they get to play with each play together.
1: Yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah. a lot of words, eh Jared?
0: Right. Yeah, Words I was difficult. gonna play with themselves, but that that's not that's not the word I was looking for. Yeah. They might
1: do that too, uh, but honestly, <laughs> like you're right because the the culture is built here. You've got a young group of guys who grow together. At least three years, they'll grow up together and and, and build this offense. Um, Pat Shermer is not the best OC, but he's a great OC still. Like he's got a lot of you know experience and ability to make get the best out of his players. So I think he's a good fit. Scangarello is. It was a failed experiment, and I think uh Schirmer's definitely an upgrade. So you've got this veteran coach, a young group of guys, maybe you can get the best of them. And if we look at the offensive line, like Lloyd Cushenberry, starter day oh. one, he can play center or both guard spots. Glasgow, yep. the guy we picked up in free agency, same deal. So here's you know two players who can fit in the center of the line and make a big difference, huge upgrade. And then uh, Juwan James is going to come back hopefully from injury at right tackle. Great pass blocker. And then left tackle, well, I mean, if we can get like two holding penalties a game, I think it'll be good. You know what I yep. mean? It won't be too bad. But, yeah, yeah so I think let's a go to our next pick. Here.
0: So we had we had three three third round picks, right? We we already talked about Lloyd Cushenberry, and I'd like to get back to him because I, I I honestly think he's one of our better pickups in the third round. Uh, and then uh, David has an unhealthy crush on McTelvin a game. Um <clears throat> and and but let's talk about the first, the number seventy seven overall uh, third round pick cornerback out of Iowa, uh, Ojemudia. Um, nice, so, good job. Michael Ojemudia, I practiced. Uh, Michael Ojemudia <laughs> is <laughs> is. Uh, He's a corner at Iowa. Now we we just lost Chris Harris right to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Good job, and, and <laughs> uh, we we need him, and we need we needed some sort of defensive back help uh, in this draft because we have so much. We don't have a lot of depth there, and I think he he brings that depth at at the cornerback. Uh, we have a uh, Bryce Callahan who didn't play at all last year, and we just brought in uh, AJ Boye. From Who's from Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. Dude, so we're Boya we're gonna have Callahan those two guys as starters. That's awesome if they both can stay healthy and they both pr- produce what we're expecting them. I think I think uh, Ojemudia bring, brings a, an extra piece of depth to that, and I think a lot of people forget that.
1: Yeah, and we still have Kareem Jackson back there and Simmons, who played pretty well last year. Simmons played great last year. AJ Bouye, listening. AJ Bouye was one of the better cornerbacks in the league when he played for Texans. And then he got signed to that big contract to the uh, Jaguars and they went to that AFC championship game. It was him and Ramsey at both edges. And this was a stout defense. And then the, the whole culture organization at Jacksonville just collapsed. I think AJ kind of got washed up there, but he's a good corner. Very good corner. And if Bryce Callahan comes back too, you know, there's your two starters. And then you add, you know, this third round pick and Ojemudia and, Here's a guy who can learn, who can take the time to get on the field, but he'll provide good rotational depth, and he'll play nickel probably a little bit, and he he's just a good addition. Regardless, you know, his he's six one, two hundred pounds, he's fast. It's you know, there's no loss here. You know, this is not a bad pick in any way. He he ran a four four five,
2: a four four five forty
1: can keep up with yeah. anybody, well, maybe except Tyree Kill, but like.
2: And this is a guy who is not, when you look at his college stats and his production, that it doesn't jump off the page at you. Um, but what you see is the six-foot height, the 200 pounds, uh, the ranginess of this guy, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, something that we had. you know, we have a bunch of slot corners, it seems like, right? We've got Bryce Callahan, we've got Duke Dawson, you know, A.J. Boye is always a guy who's been better, at least as a number two, if he's going to be a boundary guy. So you really did need more depth at boundary corner to me. And so now you've got a guy in Ojemudie who Fangio, I think, really values his intelligence. And that's really, really, you know, that's one thing you heard from Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris when he left for the Chargers was that the Fangio defense is one of the toughest he's ever played in. Um, just because of of the read and react. If this happens, then you do this. And so I think that's really, along with those physical traits, what they valued is his ability to process that information quickly and kind of read an offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, that intelligence on that defense, especially... I, I mean, this defense is... A uh, defensive backstream, yeah like the the way Fangio mm-hmm. plays this defense's defense, defense backstream, and and probably the reason one of the reasons Justin Simmons ended up playing so well, obviously he's a great athlete he's been playing well for us for a while, but one of the reasons he played so much better this year as opposed to the last couple of years is because of the defensive set that oh, he has yeah. and i think I think Ojemudia is going to play very well, especially like you said, in those nickel packages when we bring him in, we got that that nickel package, and then we got. Bradley Chubb coming back and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing from the edges. It's going to be very difficult to get third and medium, third and longs on us.
1: Oh, also, the news just came out that uh, Von Miller's cleared from COVID.
0: Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Thank God. All right, so let's move on to the next the next pick in the draft. Uh, a pick that I'm super high on. Apparently, CBS Sports is not super high on. Uh, Lloyd Cushionberry out of LSU, our center. He, he shores up our offensive line. He brings that extra piece, that offensive line that we were missing, kind of not knowing what was going to happen with the guard center position. We know what's going to happen now. Lloyd Cushionberry is a day one starter. He played at LSU in the SEC. He played very well at LSU in the SEC, meaning that he was in the trenches. He knows what he's doing. He's going to bring... That, that next level to the NFL. He's probably my favorite pick outside of Jerry Judy in this entire draft.
1: I totally agree with you, man. I forgot he was on the board when Elway yeah. picked him. I thought he was a yes, long me goal. too. Because, like, I didn't get to watch most of the second round. I was traveling, so I just kind of assumed that Cushionberry was picked, man. When he was picked, like, I jumped out of my seat. I couldn't believe it. This guy is right. a day-one starter, and he doesn't have to play center, his number-one position. He could play guard. Like, they, um, Munchak just needs to put up the best five guys. You know what I mean? And he's gonna be one of them. This you're right, in terms of this might be he might turn out to be the best pick in this draft for the Broncos. And that's saying a lot given that the receiver talent, but he might become like a fifty fifteen yards uh sorry. Fifteen years is a lot. Maybe ten years starter. You know what I mean? He could be a solid right. player for a long time. He is uh yeah, stout. Him and Cesar Ruiz were the two like best interior linemen, and the fact that we got the second best one in the yeah. third round, ooh.
2: And, you know, versatility is is one of those things that Munchak really prizes in his offensive linemen. Um, and you're right, he could, and I think the ideal scenario for them is to keep him at center, have Glasgow play right guard where he's been... Best in right. his career. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They could move those guys around and put them anywhere to put them. And then Reisner. Oh, man. Reisner oh. Reisner could play tackle. He, he could play tackle yeah. if you needed him to. That inside. He could play tackle if you needed him to. So you've just got all of these guys who can do all of these different things at a high level on the offensive line, finally.
1: And. Here's the thing with uh, Cushionberry, okay, about his character. So for the past 15 years, LSU gave the number 18 jersey to the player that displayed a selfless attitude and played like a tiger. Like it's the number 18 at LSU is regarded as a very like special honor right. and he wore
0: it. Yeah. So you're getting a character guy, a leader,
1: yeah, somebody and a leader just,
0: at this at the center position too, and that yeah. inside line, that inside run with him there and Glasgow on one side and Reisner on the other, and oh, and, and again it's just it's anybody who watched any LSU
2: and, last year knows how many five it was all five man protections when they were path blocking, yeah. and he yes. was responsible for calling out everything on the line. Yeah, Everything. and that's as pro style as the, a pro style offense gets. So you are getting so much experience to pair with a young quarterback there. That's, and
1: we have a great offensive line
0: coach, yeah. one of the best in the league. So
1: it's the stars are lining up here.
2: Absolutely
0: right, and, and you have, have his intelligence. Again, you were talking about how he called off the defense. His intelligence on that offensive line is another piece mm-hmm. that's just it, you, you can't you can't teach that. Yeah, you know, right. Nope. You, you have you to get have this it. guy. And, and I think a lot of people underestimate that. I think him being able to call out blitzes and being able to tell Drew Locke what's coming at him is just unreal.
2: You put a guy like that with a coach like Munchak and it's potential all pro. That's, you know, right. to get that guy in the third round, like you guys said.
0: It's, it's a steal, man. So that's my crush. Now we're gonna to get to David's crush in McTelvin ageem. McTelvin Defensive Lineman. Ageem, yes. Let me tell you a yeah. little bit so, about— So So why why are you so half masted with him? Okay, so
2: <laughs> and and listen, I understand why there's yeah, full mast, half mast. What's going on? Anyway.
1: <laughs> well, are, how much do you like this guy? Oh, are you, are you so half much, in love with him or right. are you, like, no, half no, or full mass? No, no, no. Oh,
2: full mass. Like, like
1: I, are you kind of, like, If I could like, when you wake if up If I could,
2: like, construct a second in love with mass.
1: Him? Or, like, after a few drinks?
2: Oh, oh, first, when I wake up. And then after a few drinks, it's, like, I'm going to need a poster. You know what I'm talking about? I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely
1: know what you're yeah. talking about.
2: Um, yeah. Here's what I like about Fortunate McTelvin Aguim. Arkansas, a defensive lineman, uh, 290 pounds, 6'3" a guy who steps into this defense right away and profiles as a D end in this three. He's not your DeMarcus. Right. He's right. not your guy. You know, your uh, even Draymond Jones, who I thought was actually really good in limited snaps last year, but not a guy who you kind of have to add weight to him before, you know, his natural fit in his defense. Right. Um, right. I think he's a guy, when you look at his film, you see a guy who has a quick step into the backfield, a guy who penetrates double teams, Mm-hmm. often I, you, you,
1: you said penetrate uh, yeah
2: I know I, I was hoping you guys were going to hold back but then on the other hand I was going to be kind of disappointed <laughs> yeah. if
1: yeah, you, you had shows like, me for like a year
2: man yeah. I don't uh, know yeah. I, if he, I'm so Sorry. happy
0: he's double double. he's penetrating those double teams no yeah
2: no you gotta yeah. no. You, if you gotta <laughs> penetrate those double teams just shoot in there you know um, <laughs> be quick about uh, it he, well that's he does have very quick hands um, <laughs> he, he he needs oh, a, you know yeah right? yeah <laughs> um he, he just, for the
1: record david loves six foot three 290
0: pound guys i am right a yeah so let's be six six 290 pound listeners yeah I, just give us a call i used to be six foot three and
2: 290 pounds so uh hook it up oh shit yeah absolutely there you go
0: um <laughs> no
1: he's anyway. six foot six and 180 pounds it's, pretty great yeah. yeah no extreme oh that's jared's oh,
2: oh yeah <laughs> I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm two hundred. Yeah, we can. We can. <laughs> yeah, we can see your gums, Jared. That's all I'm doing. Remember how we're
1: talking about like inside jokes?
2: <laughs> yeah, for these shirts. Right, yeah, yeah. Jared without us. a
1: shirt on, man.
2: Oh, jeez. oh my God. Oh Lord. We're going to talk
1: about body mass index.
0: Boy, Jared. You know, right, so back to McTelvin again. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry, football. I don't know. I
2: was kind of having fun with that other conversation, but if we must. Um, (laughs) No, just a guy, you know, an SEC program that you don't hear as much about, you know, is Arkansas anymore. And he was really kind of the big name on that defensive line. Uh, Commanded a lot of double teams, but like I said, was really able to fight those off and be effective in both the run and bringing an interior pass rush. And I think that's, you see uh, Fangio again trying to kind of tailor this team to really match up with Kansas city because we saw, especially in the playoffs last year, Patrick Mahomes, just even when the, when it was covered up, you know, the coverage was as good as it could be. He would just break off these 20 yard runs and Mm -hmm. there was nothing you could, you just got this feeling. There was nothing you could do because he got outside the pocket or he got, you know, didn't get out didn't get outside the pocket. The outside pass rushers just rushed up field. He found the inside hole and was gone. So now you see an interior pass rusher at the third round, uh, another guy I think that you really see is a response to this Mahomes mania that you've got in the AFC West.
0: So so here's my question on that, though. Why does he fall so late in the third?
2: You know, he's not consistent, really, is the biggest problem with his tape. Um, his hands need to be a little bit better. And again, he's just a player.
1: His stats aren't really flashy, either. Right. Either, sorry. So, like last year, it was eight and a half tackles for a loss, five sacks, uh, thirty-nine tackles, and one forced fumble. Yeah. Now, you know, with defensive line, you can't just limit it to that because pressures right. aren't in this in this list, right? Like um, commanding double teams, um, getting the quarterbacks face, even just the the notion of like pushing the offense of the. The offensive line mm-hmm. like mentally and physically and tiring them out and, and having that motor is, is something that you can't like statistically measure easily so
2: especially you know, if you're like the only guy on the line who's going to be an NFL quality a, a, player in that exactly. conference
1: you you kind of follow away you know what I mean yeah. like it's easy to be like the number one receiver in a group of duds but to be the number one on the defensive line you just run away from them right. especially the interior yeah. right yeah. so it's yeah that may be why he fell
2: yeah, and when you yeah. look at his tape, though, you see him show up against big schools and small schools. That's one thing that really encourages me. You see Alabama tape mixed in there with Mississippi tape, with uh, LSU tape. It's it, He gets a little bit of action in, in
0: big spots. Okay, so go ahead and go into the next pick. So we're done with our three third-round picks. Uh, we talked about how much we love each one of them. Okay, so four, five, six, and we had two seven rounds. We talked about the tight end position. We talked about the the talent that we have as as, as pass receivers w- what do we think about tight end albert give me a Say second it. to sound this out okweju okwez benam okwez benam okwez
2: what
0: okwe benam
2: okwe
0: benam not every
1: know. letter some of these letters are silent some aren't Jared you gotta oak figure
0: wedge. this out man. there's a there's a fucking G there man don't I, play it's, this it's game you don't have it's to silent. freaking say it yeah man.
2: it's oak, Oh, it's Oak and Egg wow now see I can't say it because you have messed me
0: up it's Oak Oak Wedge Oh boy no dude
1: <laughs> I think Jared's to get the award for the whitest guy on mm-hmm. this podcast.
0: Oh, oh, fact. Can we? Okay, we're we're <laughs> past that. Oh, I know that. <laughs> Bunam, Jared. Oh, oh go away, Bunam. No. First of all, he also went to a school in Missouri, so like, there's not Missouri. enough white people that pronounced it wrong already.
2: So what? You're gonna add to the list? To that makes it okay for you? Yeah, can I just? I just <laughs> that's what?
0: What is I'm just, that? I in the majority here. All right. Can we just play what that is game? That, Jared? Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, what do we what do we know about him? Like what 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 who is he? Is he a, a pass receiver? Is well, he a, a, a blocker? Who is he?
1: Listen, this guy's 258 pounds. I mean, you know, and he ran a four four nine. Four four nine. So a sub four at two hundred fifty eight yep. pounds. We got ourselves an athlete. Like right. Fant is a bit smaller as a tight end, very shifty, very athletic. But here's a big bodied athlete who can you know move so it's it's great he oh and here's this why you can't pronounce his name he's originally from nigeria he moved to the states when he was 19 which is a great story i mean listen anybody who you know comes into a country that's huge on football and then ends up getting drafted that's fantastic what you know it just shows what a great athlete he is um and he played with Locke. So
2: that's one thing I don't think we can overlook here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a favorite target of Locke. They are very, very close. Um, and yeah. it's, you know, another kind of a nice little thing that if you already felt good about Locke, it makes you feel even better is, you know, when he got, you know, started hearing about all these players, these offensive skill players that were getting to him, he, he tweeted out, I'll get into the playbook with you guys tonight. Like, mm-hmm. let's get to work right now. So I don't know if you if you're already happy about Drew Locke, that makes you still feel a little better, I think.
1: And you know what he yeah. was? Uh, he scored six receiving touchdowns from Mizzou, which led the team. And it says here they he had 26 catches for 306 yards and 11.8 average. So Mizzou's not necessarily a high-powered offense. However, the potential's there. He's a productive right. player. And let's think about him in the red zone. Six five two fifty-eight, and he's quick. That's a nice red zone target.
0: Well, and now you're playing that double tight end that double tight end set in the red zone in who which one which side are which, you gonna cover. It's no longer it's no longer you have one Judy. receiving, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got so, and the,
1: Gordon and Freeman, oh man.
0: Yeah. And and the other thing that I like about him too is is after he got drafted, they had a couple of interviews with him and he goes, My favorite part is that you know, when Drew Locke was here when, when Drew was here, he was I was the number one target. Like yeah. when you get into mm-hmm. the red zone, he was looking at me like there's no question about it we were in the huddle it's like hey man I'm looking at you for this and that that could continue on, and I think I, I think I love that. And now we have like eighteen tight ends or something. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but we have oh, eighteen tight ends on our you. offensive. Hold on. Yeah, We've got like so. half of
2: what the Bears have, probably less. than that. <laughs> The Bears so we're, I have think we're doing eleven just tight ends.
1: Yeah, eleven, dude. And they drafted one in the second round
2: with their first pick overall in the draft. Like, that was their first wow. pick in the draft, and they picked a tight end.
1: I mean, like I get on special teams. Tight ends are a nice like blocking. You know what I mean? You can block and run, right? <laughs> yeah, like, punt and all that. But eleven.
2: 11. Like, dude, man, most
1: teams have, like, three. Just 11 tight ends.
2: And that's – and I wonder if – and now I wonder how much you're going to see two tight end sets in this Broncos offense this upcoming year. Because Pat Shermer has done it, but it's not something that he is – you know, he does a lot more three wide receivers. So we're just yeah. going to have to see how he incorporates all these weapons and how he mixes personnel on the field. It's going to be really interesting to watch. But yeah, In diversity. my honest
0: opinion – in, in my honest opinion, fans not going to lie that line up as a true tight end. Oh, most of the years. think he's going
2: to get. I think he's going to get uh, that Evan Ingram role. He's going to end yeah. up in the slot. He's going to get that Evan Ingram. hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: so we have seven tight ends. Jared, oh, cool, thank you. Sorry, a little over exaggerated. Um, Jake Boom. Butt is still on the team.
0: Yes. <laughs> Again, half line.
1: Um, but you're right. I think that you know Fan is going to be a lot more movable now that you have this uh you know this new tight end. But he could line up at fullback, slot, flex player. He can play special teams too. It frees him up. And, you know, to have the personnel to run a three receiver set, next play go double tight end, next play go four receiver, next play go, you know, one receiver heavy set, next empty, whatever it is, like you know, not every offense can do that. But the Broncos right. can this year. Like and you have an athletic offensive line who could, you know, run some power, run some zone, do the pass protection. Man, this is this might be the second best offense in this division. You know what I mean? The Broncos. <laughs> like, no, but let's be honest, let's call it a spade a spade. You know, like the, the Chiefs are the the Super Bowl defenders. Like they are right. the team to beat. They're probably gonna win the division. They have twenty one of twenty two starters coming back. No team in the Super Bowl era has ever had that. 21 of 22 starters coming back. So they're going to be the team to beat. But the Broncos can compete for the wild card in that second spot easily right now. Because the Chargers are... Where are they from, Jared?
0: The Los Angeles. Thank
1: you. And the Raiders are from... Vegas? Yes, thank you. <laughs> That Please keep just, that pause. That in, took way too right? long. The people need to know. Um, but with the, you know, these two teams are like the Chargers' defense is stout. Their offense, man, like Justin Herbert is Trubisky 2.0, and then the <laughs> Raiders are just well, the Raiders. So I think the Broncos they can fight for this wild card spot easily right now, and they have the firepower to do it, which is like it's this is exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest interesting point with this too is is that the whole Broncos offense, not just not just the receiving core and stuff, like the offensive line we talked yeah. about, can literally move anywhere they want. The receiving core, I mean, we, we were talking about David. Me and talk, me and David were talking about it offline. Jerry Judy played a lot of his time in the slot, so he could play slot. He could play outside. Mm. We have we have guys like Tim Patrick. I know a lot of people aren't too happy on him, but he could. He's a big Steph. outside receiver that you could play on the outside. There's there's so many positions. There's so many. Uh, lineups that you can play with this offense and I think we're gonna be one of those offenses that like it doesn't you're gonna look at it and it's not gonna be the same lineup every game. No. It's not gonna be the same uh every drive. I think it's gonna mm-hmm. be different every drive and I think that's gonna be interesting and it's not gonna be the same old boring offense where it's just like three and outs and, yeah. and I think that's the most exciting part for Broncos country, honestly, because we haven't had that in quite a long time. Well since Peyton Manning. And I love the uh
1: the Melvin Gordon pickup. I don't think it's a knock on Philip Lindsay. I think it's only going to make him better. Like, you just have two stud running backs. You can just start rolling in the game. If Lindsay gets two plays, you just roll Gordon in. You know, the guys are going to stay fresh. Even Royce Freeman, like, as a relief person, as a short yardage guy. Like, he doesn't have to run for 100 yards a game. If he gets 15 yards and a touchdown, the man did his job you know what I mean it's yeah. like there's so much diversity on this offense and I love the fact that this draft was like oriented towards that you know getting weapons and protection for Locke now I think everything comes down to Locke can he you know perform in year two is he gonna do it or is he gonna regress because it all comes down to, to him right if he can't meet these yeah. expectations it doesn't matter who's lining up a receiver it's just not gonna work
2: yeah, absolutely. Oh, should we move to our fifth round pick here? Yep.
0: Yeah, so let's move to our fifth round pick. And um, you know what? I, it took us five rounds to finally get... I was gonna pronounce it strenade. It's not strenade, <laughs> though. Right?
2: It's sternade. So I'm glad you didn't. Uh, pronounce that's what I said. <laughs> so, so here's
0: here's my thing. It took us it took us five rounds to finally get a linebacker, which I was super high on Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, early rounds trading up, which there was a lot of rumors that we were trying to trade up for Patrick Queen, you know, it, it, back into the first round or back into the second round um, to pick him up, but it didn't happen. It, things fell where they fell. I'm not super torn over it. Like I like Patrick Queen. Um I think he'd be a great uh addition to the Broncos defense. But we finally get uh Wake Forest linebacker and Justin S- S- Sternod. Yeah, what he said. So uh <laughs> we finally get him uh and at, he's not a day one starter I don't think the best part about him I think is that he was a captain at Wake Forest. Right? He's a he's one of those guys. He's a leader. Um he he definitely has it going for him. He's a little bit undersized, six foot three, two thirty eight and four four nine twenty, which is a sideline to sideline type of linebacker, which I think we kind of needed. Um, I, I think he's a developmental player at the linebacker position. I think they have a lot of faith in the linebackers that we currently have, and uh, yeah, th- that's basically what it is. I think with this pick, this is a, a depth pick.
1: He's a depth for sure, and I mean his stats from last year, he had uh, sixty nine tackles. 69 <laughs> at five oh, and a half God. for loss two sacks uh, and a pick and four pass breakups um from you know this inside linebacker position so you know he should
2: also in eight note games when is what I'm yeah i was doing. gonna say in eight yeah he tore his right biceps in october i think played out a season you probably see him as a day two pick
1: most definitely yeah and you know the thing with him is a little bit slower. He's four seven four forty. It's not, you know, devastatingly slow, but he may not be a guy who's going to keep up with the tight ends. He's going to be a good right. run stopper. He might, you know, play zone inside the box or whatever, but I can't see him running with Travis Kelsey up the seam, you know, and trying to cover him. He's not that kind of player. Um, yeah, yeah. With that being said, though, Jared, you're right. Developmental player, special teamer. He, you know, he's he's athletic enough to play on the special teams. And listen, and does wonders with linebackers. So...
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like you said, I think his floor, I mean, right right away, I think he steps in and is one of your better players on special teams. Um, and then you can see what kind of role you can develop for him from there because I think he, there is a lot of potential.
0: Yep, okay, so let's go on to our next pick uh, as a guard. Again, another backup. I think another guy that's going to be a developmental player in uh, Netane Mutu, Muti. Nitani Mutich. I'm so Prezzo glad State.
1: you're reading these words, man. These names, really
0: yeah. good. Yeah, Jeepers. I'm doing. I'm doing great jobs. I, why do we pick up so many difficult pronunciations? Like, they knew are they Jared,
2: or are you just super white?
0: I'm super yeah, white.
2: Can we? Okay, yeah, so I, maybe it's not the difficulty of the names. Maybe you just need to start reading more.
0: Also, I'm <laughs> seeing multiple ones of them. I think I'm had a little bit too much to drink. There's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of teas in there. Um, a lot of anyways. So, uh, a, a backup guard out of Fresno State, a depth pick. I don't think we need to spend too much time on this.
1: Well, you know what I mean? Like, remarkable with him is 44 reps on the bench. So, he's very strong. Uh, 6'3, 315 is a great size for a guard. Um, you know, so at the offensive line position, too, you get better as you get older, and you can never have enough depth. Literally, man. Like, he's probably going to slide in, he might be a swing guard. You know, and, and that's you need a lot of those players. So you know, it, it's a good pick for sure. But uh, yeah, here's the thing: is, you
2: know. I this is a guy who is a, a you know a dark horse to be the steal of the draft, and not mm-hmm. really a dark horse. We are talking about a guy who got injured. Um, his, and if not Many for that years. injury, you know the right. Well, the consensus that I'm hearing is um, he was like a third-round, second-round pick without this injury. And um, I think he was pro football focus's highest-rated interior offensive lineman of the entire class. Interesting. Yeah, as far as as Um, pass blocking goes, I think is the stat there. But still, a guy who in the sixth round with that kind of potential at guard – you know, like you, like you guys said, you never have enough depth at that position. And yeah, you can argue that maybe a tackle would have been a little bit better here as far as getting depth offensive line. But with talent like that still on the board, you got to take a chance in the six. Oh, for sure.
1: And the, his he's limited by his mobility. Like he's really good when he's in his spot. Like the pass protection, if, if 44 reps on the bench is a hell of a punch on the pass rush. Like somebody yeah. comes out and you just jack him up in the chest, man, it'll slow somebody down. However, you know, from what I've seen, when he has to leave that spot where he's got to pull or he's got to do the zones and all that, he's not as good. Mm-hmm. So here's a guy who might line up on a field goal you right. know, right away, um, mm-hmm. and might be a swing guy or, or, or come in on some specific goal line runs or whatever it is. But he's, uh, you know, he's great depth. If it wasn't for the injuries, probably a bit higher than he was projected. From what I saw, he yeah. would go in the seventh round. So maybe we reached a little bit, maybe not. Um, however, I think he's got a, a lot of potential still for where we draft him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a big gamble. Two Achilles injuries in, in four yeah. years. Uh, yeah. In the, his last two years, he played a total of five full games at Fresno right. State, and right. I mean, obviously, you know. he put up he put up a lot of numbers. He, he put up he's the highest bench press in the whole draft, right at the combine. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's something. He's a strong he's a strong dude. Um, originally from the Tonga. Um, what what else? Are you doing with your to play play? picks and at that point you know, like sometimes yeah. you have to gamble right you have to yeah. gamble and see i mean if if he does work out and he is healthy and his achilles is fully healed he could be a force to be wrecked with he's a strong mm-hmm. strong inside guy um but at, at that yeah. point we'll see what you know, what happens with him
2: at this point if there's not questions about him he's not in available in the sixth round yeah. so at yeah. a certain point yeah
0: moving on all right, all right so we have two we have two seventh. We have two seventh round picks. One of them, uh, another wide receiver, uh, Tyree Cleveland out of Florida, and then an edge, Derek Tsuka, uh, out of uh, North Dakota State. I know he was he was a captain too of his defense. What, wide receiver out of Florida? Does he make the cut with the guys that we already have? We'll see. Probably not.
2: It's another guy who's really fast. Um, yeah. ran Four four, a four, four five, four four six. Yeah. Um. You know, a big time program at Florida. Good obviously. Yeah, but not a guy who saw a lot of playing time. He was just kind of buried on the depth chart there and never really flashed enough to make him see regular playing time. But, you know, again, it's a seventh-round pick. You take a chance on the traits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Production guy, maybe a practice squad guy year one, and Mm -hmm. who knows, right? You never have enough depth either.
2: Right. right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And honestly,
0: like, if if the Broncos have shown us anything, it's not just – late round draft guys that can do very well but uh, undrafted free agents too that can oh, do yeah. very well um I mean this might be one of those pickups that maybe he just Who knows? didn't flourish in a Florida system and he can come out here and maybe he takes over for KJ Hamler's position you don't know yeah right like he, he could be that guy that's just that shifty and be able to figure that out uh and then the same thing edge Derek zuka I, I think he's a he's a a, a special teams kind of guy you know we didn't pick we didn't draft a lot of defense here I think we drafted one two Three, three, four. We got a corner, uh, a D line linebacker, and an edge guy. Well, here's um, another. This is another guy
2: family. in Tusca. um, who What's? it's that's his name. Tusuka, 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 Tusuka. It's not. It it's, Zuka. It's, it's you got to. Why is
0: there that, a Z? Why is there a Z?
2: Man, Jared, I why not? I, I can't go back to high school and teach you that sometimes you <laughs> don't pronounce all the letters in a word. Like we can't, we don't have time on this podcast. Maybe
1: in a we'll future have our show. own separate podcast where Jerry right. just reads
2: the grammar podcast <laughs> coming to a coming to a show near you. Um, so, so
0: I, I just want to time out for a second because I, I, our buddy Josh is listening too. I, 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 uh, you should try me on an NHL draft. Uh, oh. Just trying to listen, listen to me try to announce. Uh, NHL players is oh, 100% Russian, worse than anything you've
2: heard tonight. Just the French <laughs> names. I really like the oh, French man. names alone would be enough, I think, to
0: totally... I mean, there's fattling. French, there's Russian, there's all types of, Finland, there's all types of ethnicities the there. It's great, like, yeah.
2: Longer and longer. Good
1: Remember goal. TJ yeah. Hushmanzada?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Remember how his, his name Japanese? used
1: to like, creep yeah. over his shoulders? Like It was such a massive... like.
2: I'm pretty sure I could spell Houshmanzada right now. But can we...
0: All right, show off can we, can we just move on
2: we're doing it h-o-u-s-h-m-a-n-z-a-d-e-h
0: nerd and this has been the orange weekly spelling bee brought to you by david's a fucking nerd whatever
2: <laughs> i was announced as one of the smartest members of the orange weekly crew it's not an honor man <laughs> i'm taking it and i'm running with it like, you guys can go to hell
1: you're yeah. the tallest little, per- little person right now well, I don't <laughs> think that's the case,
2: but uh, I'm not entirely sure what it means, but I don't accept your premise in either case. Uh, anyway, back to Derek Tuska. we got another guy here who, you know, a smaller conference player who North just Dakota. produced. Yeah, uh, the Mississippi, what was it, Mississippi or Missouri Valley Football Conference. Um, but a guy who was an Associated Press All-American last year, 13 and a half sacks, 48 tackles, 19 tackles for loss. Uh, five pass breakups last year.
1: Talk um, about potential steals,
2: right? You know, a guy who is steps in immediately at you know that com- competition for backup edge, mm-hmm. um, and who you you know best case scenario is a Shaq Barrett type of player I, for you. I was
1: just going to say, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's going to line up. He's a great athlete. Four seven nine, twenty four reps on the bench, thirty mm-hmm. three inch vert, like you know, athletic. He's got the production. Smaller conference for sure. However. You know, smaller conference linemen players can't really compare them to like smaller conference quarterbacks or receivers. You know, it's a different sort of level of competition Mm -hmm. and it's a different reality. And if he's able to get that kind of production against, you know, other really big athletes, that's pretty cool, man. I think he's a great pickup in
2: the seventh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially as a depth guy. I mean, and again, Mm -hmm. with the defense, we need need those depth guys. We need those special team guys. And I, I think he can step up special teams. Pretty quick uh, as a rookie. When you need those players, man. Yeah, very much. Yeah, especially, yeah. Okay, so that's our draft. That's the Broncos draft. The only things that we didn't mention that I just want to bring up real quick is that the Lloyd Cushenberry pick at 83 was picked up because of our trade back when we traded back for Noah Fant. And I believe Devin Bush was Mm -hmm. picked up. We traded back in the first round last year. We got a first round and a third round, so we got that third round from them. Number 95 overall, your crush, uh, game was picked up as part of Emmanuel Sanders' trade to the San Francisco 49ers. And then the number 181 we talked about, Muti from Fresno State, was picked up as part of a Case Keenum trade up to the Redskins. Is there anything Pretty else good, in man. this draft? Is there anything else in this draft that we, that we forgot to mention?
1: Well, I mean, I, I kind of like to talk about this division or even the league in general. Like, other than the Broncos, what's your favorite
2: draft class of all these Minnesota teams? Minnesota Vikings. Oh, well, so if we're going the division first, I guess the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah, yeah the Chiefs, because the Chiefs added, an, you know, another weapon in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The so you've got... in the draft. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, and, you know, they got a guy, a developmental tackle, Lucas Niang. Niang I, that one, I didn't bother to learn how to Yang. pronounce his name because yep. he's Yang. Chiefs now. But a guy who I really would have thought was a good prospect to take as a developmental tackle, um... And Even their
1: linebacker Willie Gay, yeah, four four six forty,
2: yeah, absolutely. Fast, they got they fast got fast linebacker. Yeah, Mississippi so, State, like, and you know, really, it's I would give their draft a B at best. Um, you know, they had a few picks, they addressed some needs, um, but you know, the AFC's West's drafts in general, I thought outside the Broncos, and maybe this is just homerism, but I didn't think they were that good. What about you guys?
1: I I liked a few picks for the Chiefs in uh, Willie Gay and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Um. Yo, know, Edwards Hilaire, man. He like, watches film with LSU, and he like he runs out of the gun. He's super shifty. And Andy Reid said he's going to be better than uh, Brian Westbrook. Yeah.
2: Right. So. Right.
1: Like Damon Williams and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, <laughs> like, oh, man. I'm a thank God I'm a Mahomes fan. Um, if <laughs> I we're don't. Looking,
2: I don't get I, Henry Ruggs to to Las Vegas.
1: Oh, dude, that's just Mike Mayock just not knowing what he's doing. He he's trying too too hard to be too cute.
2: Yeah. You know, and I get I get you want the fa- why you would want the fastest player in the draft on your team, but Derek Carr doesn't throw deep. What do you do dude, with him?
1: It, it's like you you put chrome on a 1998 Toyota Corolla.
0: Like, why do you get
1: the fastest, best athlete at receiver when your quarterback's mediocre, your offensive line is aging, your running back's pretty good, but you've only got one good one. The other receivers on the team are not that great, and the defense is suspect, and you go for rugs.
2: And then two other wide receivers in your draft, too. You get two other receivers, I think, in the third round. And to me, I thought Judy was a much... You know, everybody was talking about CeeDee Lamb as the fit there for Oakland, but I thought Judy... With his separation abilities and his mm-hmm. kind of ability to run at all levels of the field was a much better short
0: fit for Oakland game, there.
2: Man. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we're talking about terrible draft classes. I think the Chargers did just as bad. No, oh, yeah. If, like I mean, I mean, I mean other, than, other than Kenneth Murray, right? Kenneth Murray and, and <laughs> you guys know how high I've been on Kenneth Murray for a while, and he's going to be a day one starter, and he's yeah. the only person in their draft that's a day one starter uh, for a while. They they believe in Tyron and, Taylor to be then. the starter. At 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 quarterback, and I think Tyrod Taylor is going to take the reins, unless he does absolutely terrible and they tanked for the first half of the year. Then then Herbert will step in, but um, yeah. after that, man, like they they picked up a running back from UCLA. After they have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson back there, there's absolutely no reason to pick up a running back. Um, they really, have a dude. wide receiver is going to be sorry, okay, a safety uh, and which is going to be you know a safety who guy. won't see a single. They have such like their their defensive their backfield, staffed, man. Is, is stacked. There's a safety that they pick up, and, and he's not going to play probably a single snap, other than maybe no, on special teams. Well, he's a
1: sixth rounder I mean, special teams death player, you know, kind of like our guys. They, but I agree with the Chargers draft. It's just not that good. They Herbert are, is yeah. a reach. Kenneth Murray, I think, has picked at the right spot, and I think he's going to fit in well because he's a hell of an athlete. Um,
2: but then you don't trade for, like, 60 picks again because yeah. you traded up all that capital to yeah. get him. I think I heard somewhere that just by the Analytics: The Chargers gave up the most in that trade of anybody in the entire draft. Mm. Yeah. So. Sad. Yeah. Um, um, and, so yeah, you know, oh, go
1: ahead. I was going to say, let's look at the league. Like, what's a team that really stands out to you? You said the Vikings, David?
2: I love the Vikings draft. Um, I think they got three guys in their first three picks um, that are going to step in day one yeah. and start. Um, Justin Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, um, and Jeff Gladney yeah they got freaking gladney too i Dude, forgot about gladney nuts and cam dantzler who was a quarter uh, uh, yeah. both gladney and dantzler a were two corners stud. that i really really liked they had freaking 13 picks on day three yeah. it yeah. was ridiculous but anyway i mean you're gonna hit on some of those picks just by the numbers but yeah. i really liked a lot of the names it was not just a qua- quantity i thought that mm. was a really quality draft
1: to me there's three teams that really stand out um Quickly, the, the Dallas Cowboys, the fact that they got CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, and Ugh. Neville Gallimore in their first yeah, three yeah. picks, all three of those players could have been right, picked you way higher than they
0: were. You can't, you can't play the Canadian favorite because they got Neville Gallimore. Like, of don't, course they can. The guy's a stud. All right, he's Jared, he's a good. Right listen, he I'm mad too
2: because I hate the Cowboys, but they had a really good draft. They all did. Right, they, they, just,
1: they really did. Jerry yeah. Jones on his yacht, man. He killed it. Um, yeah, the second team that I'm pretty high on are the Saints. They picked four, four players. Cesar Ruiz will start day one. Zach Bond will probably stay start day start day one on the edge, and then Adam Troutman will start day one. And then they've got like a QB in the seventh. But like they have the best roster in football right now in the entire league. And they picked up three great players. I thought that was fantastic. And then lastly, the the Buffalo Bills, again, like A.J. Epinesa, he was projected to go in the first round all the way up to like 16 and 15, you know, around that range. And they got him at pick 54. He's going to line up in the five-tech day one in this uh, McDermott defense. Um, He's a great lineman. Zach Moss is going to be a great complement to Singletary in the backfield. There's going to be a one-two punch. And then Jake Fromm in the fifth. Dude, I, I love Jake Fromm as a backup. Your offense is only as good as your backup, right? We all know that. And Jake Fromm is an excellent leader. He's got a lot of experience. He's a winner. He's a great guy. Like, he's going to fill in behind Jared out, Al- sorry, Josh Allen really well. And he could be one of these, like, career-grade backups that it just provides depth and security of the position. So, to me, these are the teams that I think that had big wins in the draft. Jared doesn't seem sure, though. So
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, Josh Allen's still so young. Like, you got a yeah. backup that's a young guy so? d- backing up another young guy. So? So. Okay, What's Jeff, wrong okay. with that?
2: you got Jeff no, Chris- get- Jeff Criscoll's a young guy. He's backing up.
0: Drew Locke, who's Drew, another yeah, young guy. Yeah, he's also guy. a young guy. Right, yeah, but I never said that our young backup was a good backup. No, yeah, Driscoll's sense, a
1: different yeah. story. I'd rather have Fromm as my backup than Driscoll. But, like, you know, Andy Dalton, Allen's going to have years ahead of him, to, and Jake Fromm's going to have years ahead of him. To, why not groom these two together? You yep. know what I mean? Like, Fromm will be great trade, uh, uh, trade bait, like, in three, four years.
2: Fromm's going to be the brains of that uh, that quarterback room. Oh, I think gosh, that's really yeah. what they drafted him to do. And, and put and, pressure on Allen. Right, because yeah.
1: Allen is a little too erratic. He needs to like tighten up his game. So
2: I mean, that's what you got when you were drafting him. I think they were. Uh, this is just another tactic, like you say. They're just hoping yep. to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is it K-G-R. piss anybody else off that the Baltimore Ravens just every single oh, year? Here's get another one. value about to say the Baltimore Ravens. Well, just every segue. fucking round, like Patrick Queen, uh, J.K. Yeah, Dobbins. They- they got, they got this deal. They
0: draft them. I'm mean, talk talk about a team that's already on uh, the top of their league yeah. and the top of their game, and they got just an amazing draft. Geno yeah. Stone, I, the especially through the round. first five, like they got they got four or five guys in the first five first three rounds that just are starters. And they're going to be impact players. And, you know, obviously I was huge, like you guys said, on on inside linebackers this draft, and Patrick Queen was one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, J.K. Dobbins, getting J.K. Dude. Dobbins as a running back out of Ohio State in the second round. Like, yeah, that is absolutely nuts. And
1: Jackson, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I, they're,
0: they're, going to be, they're going to be a force to reckon with for a few years, and I think they're doing it right. I think they have, the, they have all the pieces to keep, to keep pushing through, and they're still young. Like, they're not the Ravens that we know of, of old that are all just old guys that used to just, like, pounds. Like, these guys yeah, are a no, young group. No, faster, It's, it's
2: Ravens and, and Chiefs and then everybody else right now.
1: Yeah. In the AFC, In that's the, AFC? the race, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, another Ooh, one. I, okay. I got to bring this up, man. Yeah. Jalen Hurts to the Eagles.
2: What do you think <laughs> about that?
1: I think that it's an insurance policy. Because sure. Carson Wentz gets hurt every year and no team in the league understands the value of a backup quarterback like the Philadelphia Eagles. Why? Because they want a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. With a
0: backup quarterback.
1: So the J- fact that they drafted Jalen Hurts is they're gonna groom and build him up a little bit. Carson Wentz might get the door early if if that contract can work out. And if he gets hurt, you got Jalen Hurts coming in, no freaking problem. What if you line him up like a Taysom Hill on some play? What okay. if you have some two-quarterback stuff? Well, like It adds so much dynamics.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And now that kind of segues me into one a question I have. Uh, Whose draft did you hate?
0: Oh.
2: Uh, easy for me. The Packers.
0: We, we already talked about the Packers. Packers, yeah. I'm <laughs> not
2: going to go back. We, I think we did the Packers uh, hard enough. Um, Ooh, what about we? the Patriots? God, the Patriots traded really, up. Really? The Patriots traded up for two tight ends in a weak tight end class. Yeah, And they also were the first to pick a kicker in the fifth round, a kicker who has, you know, questionable taste in tattoos, if nothing else. Um, (laughs) Bill Belichick
1: has some questionable taste in friends. Yeah,
2: in people in general. Um, Yeah. But so, you know, that's a draft class that really makes me go, you know, they didn't address the quarterback position at all. Or the skill positions outside of tight end, if that's a... I don't even know if that's a skill position. It is a skill position. Okay. Yeah. But they, you know, they well, t- had a few picks, and they picked two tight ends and a kicker. The first runners.
1: three picks I thought were pretty good. Kyle Duggar. I do like Kyle Great Duggar.
2: pick. Yeah. Josh Uche, great mm. pick
1: as well. Anthony Jennings. Like, these are, like, Patriots guys. They are. You can tell. Yeah. And then afterwards, I agree with you. The two tight end things I was pretty surprised by. Um, The, the kicker in the fifth... I get, you know, you need a kicker. This, I don't know anything about him as an individual. We'll it, see. Right.
2: Yeah, I guess.
1: The thing with the Patriots is just, as long as Belichick and McDaniels are there, you can't really count them out. You know, we're we're going to something.
2: We're gonna find out really quickly how much of that coaching, that mm. brilliant Bill Belichick coaching, he can, yeah. he, what, what can he do with this roster?
1: Yeah. Here's the draft I don't like. The Jaguars. They drafted to fill holes. I don't think they drafted the best players. And they just seem to be trying to recreate stuff they've done before. You know, it, yeah. it's like CJ Henderson, great cover corner, great cover corner, not a very good tackler. So he'll be able to shadow guys, but if they get the ball, it might be get questionable. Clavon Chason or Kaylavon? I think it's Kaylavon. It is Calavon. Great athlete. I've got no issues with this pick. I think he's great. He fills a need. He'll, he'll line up right there. But, but, I, I don't think he you know, there's better players out there.
2: What was that Brown's edge rusher they drafted a, like not before Miles no no before Miles oh. Garrett. Um
1: Oh Barcavia's Mingo. Mingo.
2: Yeah, yeah that Chase Chason gives me a little bit of the Barkevius Mingo. That's I've heard that comparison yeah. before too. Yeah. Um, and I then kinda.
1: LaVisca Chenault.
2: I love that pick actually. <sighs> I and, do. And Ben Bar, But he's
1: he's gonna fade away in the Jaguars. He like, is. Yeah. He's and he's not like LaVisca Chenault is more of a um I don't want to say gimmick but i'm gonna say gimmick he's a guy who can catch it short and break it for 70 he's not necessarily a guy who'll catch 90 passes in the year he's not your number one receiver he's you know the the explosive one so for him to go to the jaguars it's a it's a good pick he's a good player i just I'm kind of sad he went there
2: i do color me not sold on gardner Minshew. like i you no, know i get either. right i get that he was you know kind of great as a six round pick and everybody but i feel like yeah. defenses are going to catch up to him next year and it's not going to be pretty
1: he just has like a um, uh, like a personality that's you sure. to hook up on. He's funny, sure. you know what I mean. He, he's charismatic, yeah. so it kind of you know fades away. Or so not fades, but it kind of like masks his issues. He's not an outstanding quarterback. No, he's, he's not, not super like talented. Brady two He's the like, worst
2: quarterback in that division, I think. Yeah, yeah, so. that's
1: saying a lot. Um, but yeah, that's the draft class I really didn't like. Um, I don't know, man. Other than that, like I think every team.
0: What about, about you, Jared? Speaking oh, of yeah. speaking of the AFC South. Yeah. Uh, and terrible, absolutely terrible decision making this entire offseason, including this draft. The Houston Texans. Oh yeah. Oh, they are it. just absolute like you 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 oh. hoped that they would I mean, don't get me wrong, they only had five picks in this draft. But why but, is that? Uh, honestly, like you think that they would come out of that trade being like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna make the difference here. This is what we're starting over, we're gonna get a strong draft class, we're gonna get a young group of, of players in here, and they just didn't do it
1: dude man they, they got Ross didn't Bla- Ross Blalock yeah Blacklock, Blacklock was great a pick.
0: reach no not yeah, really he was
1: I like that ball. pick for them
2: he's yeah. at 40 overall that's about. I did see him go in the first round a couple of yeah, mock drafts late it's first like...
1: round was where he's projected so I think it's a good pick J- J- uh, Jonathan Grenard also is looking promising however you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a second oh no yeah second or whatever Second, it, it's a joke How'd you not get an extra first round pick? Like you're like, I just fucking like
0: probably the best receiver in the league right now. Like he he, arguably the best receiver actively in the league right now. Him, Julio and and, and
1: who else?
2: You know,
0: what's going to happen again. You know,
1: Antonio Brown, right.
2: You know, what's going to happen. They'll win 10 games. They'll lose on the, on wildcard weekend again. And we'll be talking about, they win right. the
1: division. Right. They'll do seven.
2: another baffling thing next offseason, like trade Deshaun mm. Watson for a sandwich, and we'll all be like that Bill O'Brien's at <laughs> yep. it again, but he'll still have a job somehow. And
1: you know the weird part? He'll he'll go nine and seven, they'll win the division, they'll lose in the wildcard round, and he'll get a yep. promotion. He'll become the right. owner of yeah. the team too. The owner, the the GM, the head coach, the director quarterback. of player personnel. Wasn't it did yeah, you guys yeah. see on Draft Night when
2: he um the, the video of him trying to execute a trade yelling and yelling at the TV. phone yeah uh, that was yeah. pretty nice
1: so and his kid just awkwardly sitting in the back right. saying anything man. yeah like, just, like oh, oh yeah because that kid uh, had
2: never seen that before right my
1: freaking right. god man oh i don't like no, oh my god he terrifies me
0: yeah so so last last thoughts uh broncos drafts uh any other draft in this in this draft class uh, last last words
2: just exciting Like, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's kind of the obvious take, but man, you're not, obviously you don't expect every pick to hit in a draft class, but if two or three of these guys, I mean, you've got a guy in Lloyd Cushenberry and Jerry Judy, I think both of those guys are pretty safe bets as far as high floor going to contribute very early. If you get a couple, like two more guys out of this draft class to contribute starter snaps, you're, you've remade your team. In three drafts, mm-hmm. and especially on offense, you have completely remade your team. So, if that, you know, I am really, really excited for the potential of this offensive unit for the first time in years. And that's not just post draft optimism that I owe oh, fuck, yeah, we got uh, Kayvon Webster. Or, mm, yeah, give me some of that Shane Ray. Look at that for day one value. <laughs> no, you know, this isn't the kind of draft you have to talk yourself into, I don't think, to be excited. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious what this team is trying to do. And if it works out, it's going to be really great.
1: Jared, what about you? I'm just going to pull something up before I talk.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I, I, there's a lot of excitement. And I, I think the biggest part about this and, and David, you touched on it, but, but let's, let's talk about the last two draft classes, including this one and what starters we have on offense, right? We have our starting running back, arguably in Philip Lindsay, right? Not just counting Melvin Gordon, uh, Drew Locke, our starting quarterback, uh, our starting guard in Reisner, our starting center in Cushionberry, our starting uh, wide receiver in Judy, our starting wide receiver in Sutton, Sutton, and then H- Handler, right? So S- Sutton, Handler. Now, we're talking about a majority of our offense is young guys, and we talked about it earlier in the podcast, especially from a money perspective, how great that looks on us. But again, we have an okay year. Say we make the playoffs for the first time in the last four years. We have this young core of guys that is going to be just a force to be reckoned with. And even if we do do, if we do very well this year, that that's another that's another piece that's just like, wow. Well, who's going to stop these guys? And that's the Kansas City yeah, model. Absolutely, that's that Kansas City model that they gave up this year, and they're like, hey, we got this young group. That who's going to stop them? At what point is is some team going to stop them? And I think that's what that excitement in Broncos country is and that excitement that this draft brings Broncos country right now.
1: Yeah. This was also one of the the bigger drafts in terms of like players we drafted over the last couple of years, that and uh, 2018, pretty similar. Um, But I agree with both of you. This is just a continuation of the building. Um, the, The amount of, like quality players were, were able to draft this year. The fact that Jerry Judy dropped to 15, wow. The fact that Hamler was available at 46, wow. That Cushenberry was available at mm-hmm. 83, wow. Like we got steals. And then looking at last year, we got starters across the board. The year before, starters across the board too. Like there's a lot of talent here. Um, I was ripping on, uh, on Elway last year his draft hasn't been working out other than a few picks he seems to be fixing whatever issues he had um i would also like to just hold on the optimism a little bit because it all falls on drew shoulders. at this shoulders. point drew lock played five games last year you know what i mean this yes. is not like a great amount of uh, experience in the nfl he's a four-year starter at mizzou awesome he's shown his ability to perform like in five starts he had a thousand yards seven touchdowns with the, the cast we had that's pretty decent so if he can play to his potential wow man there is a great offense in the works here so it there's a lot of reason to be excited however we've been excited every off season for the past couple of years let's chill out a little bit And let's just wait for the season to start if it starts. But
2: if things work out,
1: boys, we can have like the best receiving core in the league for the next couple of years. We can have like the buildings of a, you know, 10 year competitive team here. You know, it could be the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Broncos in the AFC for the years to come. Absolutely. Reason Mm -hmm. to be excited.
0: Yep. Absolutely, I mean, there's there's no doubting that, and and I think that's the best thing to say is is curb your enthusiasm here a little bit about this Broncos team going into this year with the young crew that we have and the unproven Drew Locke. But I, I think, and this is something, David, I've I've mentioned to you before uh, in passing, is that this is. This is not only Drew Locke's prove me prove it to me year. It's this is Elway's prove it to me yearly. <laughs> no, big deal. This time. is the year. This is the year that he goes. Hey, if I'm giving, I tr-, like this is the first time he's trusted his quarterback pick so much that he's done everything to go out and get him everything he needs to make sure that he's successful. And if he's not successful, there's going to be a big shakeup in Broncos country. But let's. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's hope that doesn't happen, um, and, and that we just have a successful. Five, 10 15 years down the road Oh man it, it could be great
2: let me let me paint you a picture that i painted to jared last night <laughs> it's the end of the 2020 season the broncos finished 6 and 10 and drew Locke played all 16 games and just did not show it and john you know the rumblings are happening and then john elway trades however many first round and picks it takes to the green bay packets packers for Aaron Rodgers, and gives him and Von Miller the farewell tour that he gave to Marcus Ware and Peyton Manning.
1: <laughs> Yo, that's a nice picture, man. That's
2: I mean, it. you put Dude. Aaron Rodgers in that, install Aaron Rodgers even in this Even if we finish 9-7, like, even
1: if we have a winning year, and Aaron Rodgers becomes available, you gotta try for it. Like, Aaron Rodgers with Jerry Judy, I, KJ Hamler, this or, offensive line, this running game, like,
2: yeah, that was a fun word picture that i painted and all right i, yeah, you know I what? cried a little uh, i'm excited
1: I like i'm in the morning right yeah. now so yeah right Jeez.
0: it's one of those morning excitements oh yeah all right, well on, on, <laughs> on that note um yeah. thank you guys for listening I take care of thank right, you guys see, so bye. much for listening we're we're, yeah, we're uh we're, we're gonna wrap up the show here um before we end uh, you know obviously with everybody staying at home, a lot of people in quarantine. Places are starting to open back up. Hopefully, you guys are being smart about this, and everyone's being smart about this. Um, thank you, guys, so much. Uh, thank you for all the healthcare workers. You know, you know, Matt always likes to to do a shout out healthcare workers. Anybody that's working, anyone that's that is uh, essential personnel right now. Thank you, guys, so much. You guys are are, are brave, um, and, and we appreciate what you do. Thank you, guys, so much for stepping up and doing that uh, in this time of of uncertainty. Um, so, so thank you guys uh, from, from the bottom of our hearts. And, and thank you guys for listening uh, day in and day out. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, and with that, I, I think we sign it off. Ready? Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange, man. Always, man. I'm